to you, EBO? Well, it's time to talk about something else that probably won't shock you, but you should know about. Stefan Padfield is the deputy director with Free Enterprise Project. He's back this week to talk about Microsoft making deals with Chinese Communist Party outlets that push out propaganda. I know I'm shocked. Hi, Stefan. Hi, how are you? It's great to be here. Yeah, thanks for coming back on. You know, uh, I'm not surprised anymore that our biggest companies, they get rich off of capitalism in the greatest country in the world, and then they turn on us and act like capitalism is a bad thing. Yes, yeah, so it really is disturbing, I think, on multiple levels. Uh, and it is worth pointing out that these particular deals were done a few years ago, and uh, a CVS spokesman responded to the breaking story recently with noting that they're no longer in place, but there are still apparently some research uh, engagements. And I think, as you uh, you know, sort of alluded to, uh, it, this is a common theme, right? These these arrangements, uh, but these particular relationships and these contracts and these deals basically supported, provided support by Microsoft to two of the largest uh, propaganda pushing outlets uh, that the Communist Party in China has, uh, and certainly that's, pro- that's problematic. Not only is it a problem in terms of uh, the effect on China's own population, but also our population here. And I think there's a lot of points from which to criticize that, uh, but one that we're particularly focused on is the disconnect and downright hypocrisy when you have these corporations like Microsoft and certainly many others routinely touting their commitment to human rights and their commitment to environmental yeah. activism and climate change, and then they turn right around and essentially fund uh, you know, all these awful human rights violations with the Uyghurs in, in, in China uh, being, being against uh, them in China, and uh, and the environment where China is the seemingly the biggest polluter or at least one of them uh, certainly and so there's this hypocrisy where even if you were to approach this from a pure profit maximizing perspective there's a problem because the information that markets need to properly price assets and risks uh, are not being distributed because we're only hearing about this uh, a couple of years after the fact because the only thing that matters to Microsoft is money that's it there are no morals. Right. Nothing th- matters. Yeah, and I, th- I think that's something where um, you know some people might argue, hey, if you're a, a pure capitalist, that's precisely what you want them to do. But I think there's a number of problems even with that position. And I would say most people who describe themselves as capitalists, I mean, even Milton Friedman talked about within the rules of the game, you right. seek this profit. And there is a moral element to that. And there's an element of, hey, how about you don't undermine your own nation, right? Uh, <laughs> and so those, those arguments are very sound. Uh, but even if you just go with the, the, the hardest bottom line crunch the numbers, the problem is is that those decisions have to be made within an environment that includes guard, guardrails, and those guardrails come from market pressure and they come from legislatures. There is appropriate uh, legislation in a free market economy, but those decisions can't be made if the information is being obscured, right? So if, in, if you're in China celebrating this deal that supports these propaganda outlets, and then the first time we hear about it in the U.S. is essentially two years later uh, based on some essentially a whistleblower on some level. Uh, that's a problem. Even if you were to advocate for just pure ruthless profit seeking, I think there are still serious issues. Yeah, I don't think people understand how ruthless some of these guys who are on the left, by the way, really are when it comes to just gaining more and more power and money. I don't think they understand that they are the ones who are 
to coin a phrase, propagating the push towards making us less free. I don't think people actually are getting it and they're they're buying into the fact that these are the good guys when in fact they're the ones who are trying to end our freedom. I think that's absolutely right. And and you know, I, I think I might have mentioned with you before this this uh set of buckets that I tend to put the key actors into, right? The true believers, the opportunists, the useful idiots and the cowards, and it mm-hmm. essentially takes all of them on some level. And here I think you really do have some people who are cloaking themselves in this uh you know, leftist virtue signaling and at the same time actually believe that the Chinese communist system is a better system for controlling the people and quote unquote protecting them from themselves. I would call those the true believers. And every once in a while, you get these quotes coming for out from the World Economic Forum, and, you know, some CEO uh, lets slip that they have some gushing admiration for, you know, uh, Ping and, and so on. Uh, and so that seems to be an element of it. Uh, and then you have, again, uh, very much of the pure opportunists who see this, this chance to reduce uh, accountability, reduce transparency by, by having this very vague and nebulous ESG stakeholder government governance rubric where they can do a lot of things and point to different goals, whichever suits them, uh, while they're pursuing goals that I think they have to know if it was fully disclosed, there would be uh, an uproar, as there is, uh, at least to some extent, in this very case. Right. They they are opening coal mines each and every day, and and if here in America we have to shut them because they are somehow harming the environment, then... Everybody who is going over to China to do business to make more money is 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 performing a, a sin against their liberal culture, basically. But I call this LeBron jaming things because he'll do anything to make money. He'll go along with what China wants. Microsoft has been known in the past. Um, same with Google. Same with um, Facebook and and other entities who make gazillions of dollars. When it comes to China, they will all of a sudden stop doing some of the things China tells them to stop doing. It's funny to me how that works. Yeah, and I recall there was a few years ago where you could say with a straight face that these sort of deals would ultimately shift China to our way of living. So if we if we sacrificed a few principles to to deal uh, economically with China, then we would somehow uh, you know sort of they would see the light of democracy. And I'm not even sure how many people actually believe that. <laughs> but let's just assume there were some people who really believed that when they were saying it to justify the differential treatment of you know how they did business here and what they subject U.S. corporations to versus uh, uh, over there. Uh, but at this point, that story just clearly has not panned out. And it's not, and it, on all China has done is taken all the gifts we've given them and said thank you very much and used it to undermine us uh, in every possible way. So I think that that particular narrative, no one can say, I don't think, with a straight face anymore. Yeah, so yeah. There's, there's all these different incentives. And I think you're absolutely right about how, um, you know, what's, what's so frustrating is the harm that happens to the U.S. and U.S. workers and so on by this double standard. And I think another driver here is, again, we hear the word globalism thrown around a lot, but there are people who really think in globalist terms. They don't care about nationhood. They actually perceive it to be a, a negative thing, and so they don't, they don't lose any sleep undermining their nation, which just happens to be a particular nation which will be on its way out when we're all ruled by the U.N., right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's all these, these really perverse uh, sort of beliefs and incentives that are driving a lot of this. Well, and the, the stupidest, most heinous and asinine thing of 
it all is they're trying to be this globalist society when only America is the one who made them the gazillionaires. It, it came from us, and we're the ones they don't care about anymore. It's crazy to me. But I, and it's sort of off-topic, Stefan, but I've got to ask you this. We know, you say Uyghurs, some people say Uyghurs. It, it's it, it, neither here nor there. The, the fact remains that these are Muslims who are being kept as slaves. They are treating them like the Jews were treated at Auschwitz. They are starving them. They are working them 24-7. It's They're genocidal maniacs when it comes to these people. Why doesn't the world care, especially Iran, Iraq, and the ones who just want to blow up, you know, everything that's capitalistic and in the world? Do they just not care? I mean, why is this not a thing? Yeah, again, and I, I appreciate the correction on on the uh, on the uh, pronunciation. I, I uh, that's always good to be reminded, and, and I can get those things wrong pretty regularly, unfortunately. Um, but what I'll say is, again, it, it, it's a, it's a confluence of types and incentives. So one thing that that I think is quite clear is the information flow out of China is very regulated. It's very hard to know what's true, and I think that works both ways. That works in terms of being suspicious and skeptical of China, but a lot of people also use that to justify not holding China accountable. So they'll they'll dismiss these reports as being, you know, either exaggerated or not, uh, you know, not properly verified and so on, and so they can continue doing what they're doing. Um, <laughs> then you have the group of people that I think don't want to undermine China because, again, on some, uh, you know, sort of bizarre viewpoint, they actually admire what China's doing. I mean, this goes all the way back to, you know, during the Cold War, we had people in this country who were uh, essentially on the side of, of Russia and communism, right? Because they want that system to succeed. Uh, and so that distorts uh, the flow. And then there's just pure politics, right? So you've got, even if uh, it's a Muslim country, uh, and, you know, uh, uh, let's say Iran, uh, if you do the sort of realpolitik calculus and you decide that, you know, uh, sort of having China as one of your allies is worth more than, than the other way around, then you look the other way, as, as awful as that is. And so all of these things that come into play, and so it just, and then you have the media, Right. I mean, the media uh, and their connections to to China and and protecting that uh, sort of relationship uh, is problematic. And so these stories don't run as much. So it really is, again, a confluence of factors that leave us in this place where these things go on. And it seems like there's only these rare voices crying out in the wilderness to point out what's what is the problem. Well, and it's so irritating to me because they've had a hundred year plan. They've put it out there. We all know it's there and it'll be it'll be coming to fruition in about 2043. So when you're speaking Mandarin, just I told you so. But the thing that bothers me the most is that China does not make a deal that does not benefit China. And everyone feels like, well, if we benefit in some way, then it doesn't hurt to let China benefit it, it it's fine if it was a two-way street, but any deal that they make will somehow undermine you in a way that puts them above you. And they are skilled at it. And they do this constantly. And I, they probably did it with this Microsoft deal as well. But there is never going to be a time when Xi Jinping sits at a table and makes a deal that does not benefit him twice as much as the person who thinks they're benefiting so, so much. So we are allowing this to happen. We are watching this happen. People like me have our chins on the floor going, what the hell are we doing? And and I, I'm a conspiracy theorist because I can see it. So uh, my pronouns are told you so, just in case anybody's wondering. <laughs> Stupid yeah, people. It's driving of, me nuts. One of the... One of the places we really see this, I think, uh, to some extent the most, is with the environmental issues. It seems like the, the willingness 
of our current uh, administration, for example, and aligned uh, like-minded folks to, to act like China is a good faith actor in these discussions and to make these sacrifices and undermine U.S. national security and U.S. Uh, energy independence for these goals that somehow they think China is going to actually act in good faith on their side <laughs> of the deal. So uh, it's, it's mind-boggling. Yeah, it's dumb. I, uh, how much are we enjoying the third term of Obama? Are we enjoying it? Because this is the same crap he did. He's got his hand up the rear end, moving the mouth of the current president. And if you reelect him, we will have it again and we will be done as a nation if we continue along the road that we're traveling right now. Somebody see a gigantic fork and stick it right in the middle of the road so people have to choose at this point. And we need to either go our separate ways with the people in this country who think this way or they need to be woken up. It's one of the two and it's coming soon. Sorry, but that just touches my nerves. He's deputy director at the Free Enterprise Project, and he's probably sick of talking to me because I yell. But Stefan Padfield, this Microsoft deal with the Chinese, where can they go to learn more about it? So we've got it posted up, and, I, and I'm thoroughly enjoying the conversation, oh, so please don't, don't stop uh, yeah. with the passion. I, I love it. Um, but go to nationalcenter.org, and you'll find all our materials there, including uh, this, this latest piece uh, on the, um, well, it's actually uh, the Washington Free Beacon has this particular piece, but all our other our items uh, you can find at nationalcenter.org. Are you not dumbfounded that me, a little girl from North Dakota who lives in the great state of Missouri now, but... I can figure all this stuff out just by paying attention, and our world leaders can't figure it out. I don't know how, if you uh, happened to catch the testimony yesterday by the three presidents from uh, MIT, Penn, and Harvard on the uh, anti-Semitism hearings uh, in college campuses, and I thought it was just a perfect example of the disconnect. Mm -hmm. You had uh, Stefanik up there just asking the most basic common-sense question, and she was about, you know, does calling for the genocide of Jews uh, constitute harassment under your policies? And it was so obvious that the answer there is clearly yes, that is harassment and bullying. And these presidents were twisting themselves into knots, <laughs> unwilling to answer. And I think that's exactly what you're talking about. The common man with common sense and woman with sense on the street sees these things so clearly and that these elites through this, uh, you know, radical leftist ideology that has pervaded, uh, are unable to to say the most basic truths or see the most basic truths, and uh, and so it does it does really uh, a call for uh, a realignment and uh, and and the sort of pushback that that certainly we're doing at the National Center uh, mm-hmm. and have for some time and will continue to, and but but across uh, you know sort of the the right of center and even just people who are have common sense in the center uh, to push back against this radicalism that's that it really is the or and two plus two equals five that they're spitting out on a daily basis. Yeah, and take note of who they are and don't send your kids there. Stefan, thanks for being on the show. Hope to have you back soon. Thanks so much. You're welcome. Bye-bye.